Welcome to Teaching in 10, a podcast from the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning at the University of Northern Iowa. Teaching in 10 provides a space for higher education faculty to share teaching strategies and stories about how we engage students and support student success and well-being in 10-minute episodes. I am Sarah Montgomery, and today I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Teofil Muhaimana to the podcast. Theo is an assistant professor of educational leadership in the Department of Educational Psychology, Foundations, and Leadership Studies in the College of Education at the University of Northern Iowa. He has been active for around 30 years in reflective practices and research in classroom instruction, curriculum development, and career guidance. He has equally been involved in leadership for teacher and faculty professional growth, student learning and success, as well as school improvement in primary, secondary school, and higher education settings. It's incredible. He holds an EDD in educational leadership, a master's in language teaching, and a bachelor's in English. Dr. Muhaimana has been extensively exposed to multicultural education and global perspectives as he navigated the Belgian and French education structures from preschool to undergraduate level in Rwanda, his home country. He has embraced the American Rainbow Education System in graduate studies at master's and doctoral levels. He started his teaching career in elementary in 1990. Go elementary teachers! (laughs) And then moved on to high school in 1997, where he was the assistant principal in charge of studies, and he taught languages namely English, French, Kinyarwanda, Kiswahili, and Latin. He joined higher education in 2004, and he served in senior positions as the interim vice president for academic affairs and the dean of the College of Education. He also held manager's positions such as head of the English department, director of human resources, director of partnership and public relations, director of language learning and improvement, and director of the office of the university president at Kibungo University in his home country, Rwanda, from 2004 to 2018. He currently teaches in the UNI Principal Preparation Program and the Teacher Leadership for International Educators Master's Program since January 2019 here at UNI. Thank you so much, Theo, for being on the podcast. It's an absolute honor to learn from your extensive experiences and wisdom. Thank you for being here. And I have to ask, how do you engage students and support their success in your teaching? Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Sarah, for this opportunity. Uh, I would say that uh, my instructional strategy is to engage my students and help them learn and succeed uh, have um, varied greatly depending on the context. Okay. So uh, before I joined you and I, I've taught uh, in my home country, Rwanda, for around um, 14 years in higher education. And maybe my focus will be on higher education. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say... Instruction was a primary uh, face-to-face. Okay. Yeah, which means when I joined you and I, I had to shift a little bit uh, my focus and adapt it to the context. Okay. Because as you may know, uh, I would say maybe 97% of the courses that I teach in that program are basically either online or hybrid, combining online and Zoom or Adobe Connect <laughs> back in the wow. day. Wow, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when I got here, I was like, okay, okay. Uh, now I needed to adjust it to the context. And uh, I tried to find uh, some key areas to focus on to make sure that I, you know, I, I, I embrace and I can help uh, the students based on 
the demographics that I had. Okay. So three areas that I decided to focus on were uh, connecting with the students, mm-hmm. uh, creating and sustaining interactions with the students, and giving them uh, meaningful feedback. Okay. Yeah, those were three areas that I decided to focus on. Uh, then connecting with the students. Again, like I said, my classes, like I said, maybe 97%, if not more. Actually, I got to teach one face-to-face class this summer. That was my first really? class. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Otherwise, other my classes were either online or via Zoom. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's say for online courses or asynchronous, as you call them, what I do to connect with my students, first of all, when they send out materials, send out materials, I usually try to add a YouTube video of myself mm. to reach out to students. Okay, at least they know who I am, mm. who I look like, yeah. and they see me rather than, you know, getting those syllabi and uh, course uh, schedule and everything. But I think if they see me, they give my voice. Maybe that can add some layer of relationships with my students. Absolutely. Seeing you makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah. So, and when class starts, what I do every month, every Monday, I send out another YouTube video of myself. Yes. Every week. Yeah. Every week. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So what I do, I kind of um, share three big ideas uh, from the readings. Okay. Because I know that it can be it can be a little bit challenging and overwhelming, so I give them three main ideas to glean from uh, the readings, and two I ask three questions, self reflection questions. I don't expect them to answer those questions, but uh, I think they can help them to kind of dig deeper into the readings by themselves. See. And another thing I do when they have an assignment, maybe two or three weeks prior okay. to uh, do that, I send out another YouTube video, kind of giving them instructions. So I try to kind of mimic what I would do if I were with them in the oh, classroom. Yeah. So they have instructions in the blackboard. They have instructions in the syllabus. But I say, okay, maybe adding another layer of this kind of uh personal connection yes. can help them understand better the, 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 the assignment. Multiple ways to communicate and connect. Yeah. Yeah. And so the videos that you send in advance of class, the ones that you do weekly, it's brilliant with the kind of key ideas and some questions. Those are really helping the students get ready to engage in the class. Correct. Am I understanding that goal or is it Yes. That seem to prepare, they watch them before they come. Yeah, they watch the, them before they come. And maybe the, the the first one I send out before class starts is first of all to get in connection with them. Yeah. And to build that sense of community because I ask them to introduce themselves as well. Yeah. And, and they post something that they feel comfortable sharing about themselves. Yeah. What would you think would describe, would describe you better? Yeah. Anything that you would feel comfortable sharing. And then from there, you can see a flow of a discussion. Oh, wow, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. So it goes beyond uh, that interaction between me and the students, but uh, 
it builds this sense of a community between the instructor and the students themselves. Beautiful. Yeah. So that is um, a connection about um, asynchronous courses mm-hmm. for um, face-to-face courses, kind of Zoom courses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so what I do, I usually call it uh, the Pentaway. Mm. Hey, let's go Pentas. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. So what we do uh, when we meet, I usually take like maybe five to 15 minutes. It depends on, you know, how students uh, are ready to share. Ask them, okay, if we have anything good, anything you know that you would request to share, please mm-hmm. go ahead and share. It can be personal, it can be professional, anything that you feel comfortable sharing. I always insist on that, feeling comfortable sharing. Yeah. I'm not pushing anybody. No. Yeah. And then they, they say, okay, uh, we are starting a new curriculum at our school or in our district. Ah, you know what? Today we had a very, uh, maybe a capacity building opportunity about social emotional learning. I would go like, oh, tell us more. What happened? Yeah. What is that new curriculum about? And then you would see different interactions from different uh, court members just about that uh, idea that uh, one court member uh, shared. That's brilliant. Because it's not only the connection, but especially with with your group of students, they're getting ideas from one another, right? Like, oh, how did that leader kick off that new curriculum or kick off that SEL initiative? That's, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's the idea when I, I start that initiative, the, the Panther way, I say, okay, Panther when way. we meet here every Monday night, mm-hmm. we are not a bunch of people. We're like to build a community. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of a community of practice, we come here, we learn, with and from one another. Okay. Yeah. And 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 students like it. And I remember uh, back in 2020, in the fall of 2020, uh, when the pandemic hit, uh, when I st- actually that is when I started that. Oh. Yeah. And later on, students even would send me an email before class and the, a student would say, hey, Dr. Theo, is it okay if I share with the students? Because this is something which is happening in my district, in my school. Yeah. Is it okay if I share? Because I don't know what to do. I would recommend to seek advice from my wow. court members. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then that was, that was really something uh, very, very uh, positive and helpful. Oh, my goodness. And after we complete uh, the course, they continue the practice. How could you still get it? They are emails, even though I was not their instructor. So it developed a very strong uh, community, a very professional network. That's incredible. And I feel like it's really fabulous that it came out of a challenging time for so many of us. And as a school, as a leader, they don't always have as many opportunities to be vulnerable or seek input. I mean, I'm sure they do in various ways, but to be able to come to your class and know that they can share and ask questions and that other people can support them in solving or addressing some of these issues, that's really powerful. Yeah, it, it was. It was. And that was really fun. Uh, last spring when they graduated, that was the, that was the, the cohort that 
started the program okay. in the fall of 2020. Mm. So they graduated uh, this last spring and it was interesting. They said, oh, see, I would like to see. And then they had a wonderful graduation ceremony Good. in the Cedar Falls, even though they come from different areas. Oh. But they said, we needed to have a graduation ceremony in the Cedar Falls. Then they invited me and that, that, was, that was a great. That's awesome. <laughs> that was a great. Mm. Yeah, so that is about uh, connecting with the students. Then interaction. Um, uh, what I do, uh, maybe a couple of things. Uh, as a grad uh, course or grad courses, of course, we need to talk about research. Mm-hmm. But I try to bridge uh, research uh, and the practice because, as you know, these are aspiring leaders, so they are practitioners. Yes. So they, okay, research is good, but they, they really don't know that this is dry research. Mm. They need the research with the blending with the practice. So we do start with the research and then go straight to practice. So with the practice, I can either... Uh, give them maybe a video, a YouTube video or a TED talk or an interview with a principal and superintendent talking about something real happening in the schools. Mm. So they like it. So they, oh, this is meaningful. They, oh yeah, this happens in my school. Oh. So they see direct connections. Okay. Yeah. Or we have a guest speaker who come mm. and say something happening or, you know, something real. Mm-hmm. And then I invite students to talk about their experiences or how they would connect with that video or that talk or that guest speaker. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I kind of give my insights and some lived experiences. Yeah. And of course, okay, this can be some best practices. This is what I did as a classroom teacher, as an assistant principal, maybe as a dean. Mm. And you know what? There are some areas, for instances, where I screwed up. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you. That's so I, life. Yeah, I'm not a superhero. No, we aren't. Yeah. <laughs> Things can go wrong. Yeah. Things can go wrong. And then that way they, they, they like it. So they kind of, you know, chime in and then interact. And sometimes it's really hard to kind of they move because they get <laughs> I wondered that. I feel like there's so many things they can share and connect with one another. And then your examples of connecting, making the research so relevant. I feel like there's just so many ways that they can interact with the material and one another that there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last piece is about feedback. Um, That's right. Yeah, n- nothing, nothing special. Maybe what, what I try to do, okay, the first day is, is common, you know, appreciation. You did great. Oh, excellent job. Then the second layer kind of go a little bit deep and say, okay, this is where you are at. This is what you did and it's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. For example, now I was grading this morning. Okay. Then okay. maybe the focus now is on APA because this is the first class that they take in the program. Yeah. It's a grad school. So I make sure that they master the formatting style. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Oh, this is a nice title page. Oh, great in-text citations. Uh, but uh, there is some um, work, you know, on the list of references. Mm-hmm. So now they know. Then the the coaching part, I say, okay, these are some resources. Maybe okay. I give them some examples. 
this is something to follow and for further readings i can give them some resources me some links like uh, um you know there are different sources that can take them to apa 7 uh, uh guidelines okay yeah and the two uh what i do i try to ask them if possible to submit their assignments as a Google Docs. Mm-hmm. That way I can, you know, go and then share comments. Right in the text. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. in the text. And then ask you questions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have this wrong string of emails. So they reacted to my feedback, reacted to their feedback. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes another teachable and learning moment, which wouldn't happen otherwise without it. maybe yeah. this Freudian exchange of, you know, feedback. It's a helpful reminder that our feedback can create a conversation, right? In your mm-hmm. example of this is coaching and that you're pointing out specific things that they need to work on along with providing resources. And I think it's awesome that they, that you have so many students that are following up with you and, and you've got this feedback loop. Wow. Yeah. And some of them would ask me, okay, uh, Dr. Theo, do I have to answer these questions? I say, well, you really don't have to. Those are reflection questions, but if you want, go ahead and do it. Okay. Some do. And then I go back and then react and then, okay, maybe at some point we need to stop. Otherwise, it's a great conversation. Yes. Yeah. Conversation. Yes. And then the last point about the um, uh, feedback is um, formative assessments. Because okay. um, most cases for the domestic students in the principalship program, it's uh, 14 or 16 week uh, courses, mm-hmm. which means uh, in week eight, I send out a kind of uh, self-design uh, survey to kind of gauge uh, student perceptions of the instruction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three questions. Um, uh, what do you think Dr. Theo is doing great and uh, he could, he should continue doing so? And two, what some area that you think maybe he should, uh, you know, improve so that you can run better? Okay. And the third question is about the takeaway from the class. So that I know maybe in week seven or eight. Mm-hmm. What students think, uh, students think about my instruction or instructional strategies, and I would have the time to adjust mm. rather than waiting for the end of semester uh, assessments where the course is gone and the course yeah. is gone, and maybe you can address something with the, the next semester, but uh, with the same class, the same cohort, mm-hmm. it's a little bit too late to do something. That takes a lot of courage, though. Right. That you're, you're intentionally choosing to say, let me know, how is it going? And I'm sure yeah, I kind they're, of. <laughs> on, they're honest, probably. Right. I mean, yeah. these are leaders. Yeah, they are. They are. Of course, when I started that uh, back in the, uh, I think that was in the fall 2020, mm-hmm. again, with the pandemic, because I didn't know, again, maybe uh, going back to connecting and interacting mm-hmm. with students, mm-hmm. uh, uh, another piece, another area is about uh, their self um uh, social emotional uh, health. Yeah. When they open up with the paint away, when they open up and, you know, speak, I think uh, it helps them, you know, kind of share the emotions. Yes. Yeah. So you created space for that. Yep. Yep. So going beyond the academic, I think uh, the social and emotional part is taken care of as well. I love that your model. I, I am a big fan and a leader in SEL, but I just love that that came up and that's what you're modeling for them and creating space for them and making an intentional part of of your teaching when you're working with 
school leaders and in the context of higher education, because I think sometimes we can get really focused on the content and the outcomes and and miss that very important piece. Wow. Yeah. I think, yeah. Again, maybe going a little back again, it's uh, those are um, professional uh, or adult professionals. They have a lot of things on their plates. Yeah. So they are students, they are moms, they are dads and, you know, grandmas, granddads and, you know, a lot, a yes. lot. Yeah. A lot of So it. we really need to bear in mind who our students are and what they are struggling with to be able to, to help them as much as we can. Mm. Yeah. And maybe going again, going back to, 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 to feedback, um, what I've been trying, maybe this is my second uh, my or the, the third course that I'm trying the uh, standards based grading approach. Okay. Yeah, I know that our our students, our aspiring leaders, and most schools are implementing the standards based grading approach. Mm-hmm. So we said we to say the uh, the principalship program crew. We say okay, how can we help our students understand this new approach and start modeling? what we would like them to kind of do now as teachers Mm -hmm. and help their teachers in the future Mm. as school leaders. So we started, uh, you know, implementing the standards-based approach in our courses, and it really helps. When I look at, for example, my grading rubrics and how students now give their, you know, they submit their assignments, they look different from what I used to have before. Because now they are, uh, the assignments are kind of focused because they follow the rubric and say, okay, maybe I want to say that there is a, this is a strong correlation, but I can see the difference. Wow. I can see the difference. So it, it helps. So instead of maybe standards, we have the course learning objectives and you try to connect them to the uh, assi- assignment instructions, mm-hmm. which help, you know, students to see what to expect of them. Wow. And it helps in the grading and then giving them focus and meaning and relevant feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which ties it all together, I think, with what it sounds like you're modeling and, and leading and teaching in regards to feedback and the connection and all of that. Yeah. And again, I would say we are blessed to have someone who's really uh, a fan and uh, an expert in standards-based grading. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Matt Tansley. He's awesome. He's awesome. Shout out to him. Yep, yep, yep. So he's been Yeah, he's been traveling <laughs> across the state, across the nation, you know, mm. talking about standards-based grading. We'll have to he's put a some star. Yeah. resources in the show notes. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Awesome. Mm. Well, Theo, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your incredible wisdom and experiences with us. This is really helpful and it's giving me some new ideas, especially as I work with students online in our graduate program. So thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. Pleasure is mine. Thank you. (laughs) All right, listeners. um, Thanks for being here and please subscribe and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to tell your colleagues here at UNI and in other um, universities about this podcast. And until next time, thank you for joining us on Teaching in 10 from the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning at the University of Northern Iowa.